Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here. Alongside me, my partner on the airways, as always, it's Sarah Jones. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, Nino. Coming at you from um, the the coast in Texas today. Um, it, uh, we really love traveling, but you know, Nino, I am learning that there are a lot of bugs out there and a lot of little creatures that you should not touch. And I got so used to all the stuff that, you know, when we lived in the house, you know, I was familiar with our local bugs and little creatures that hung around and I knew which ones I could and which ones I couldn't. And now my husband says, Sarah, make sure and don't touch that one. Oh, you don't want to mess with that one. Stay away from this guy over here. So lots of lessons on uh, the little creatures that we find <laughs> as we're traveling. I I don't even, I don't <laughs> dare ask what you are dealing with because uh, I'll just stay over in my little corner of the world where, uh, <laughs> like you were, I'm very used to all the creepy crawlies. I, the fact that you have to start to like inventory which ones you can and cannot mess with <laughs> sounds scary. Well, you know, for the record, my husband does not like to touch any of them, but some of them I do like to talk with and um, I like to touch. And we had, for example, um, the other night we were looking and there was this really fuzzy little caterpillar crawling along, but he had these little crazy antennas. And if you're not watching, I am actually making the hand gestures with my hand just to give all of you listeners a visual of what's happening. Um, but he also has like a little stinger. And uh, my husband looked him up and said, nope, he, um, those definitely sting you and stay away. They don't like to be touched. So I will not be touching the fuzzy little caterpillars that crawl around here. Um, which sometimes feels kind of disappointing. Well, I'm I'm sorry you don't get to play <laughs> with the creepy crawlies. Um, you look really sorry for that. You're like horrified. I, you know, they do their thing. I do mine. And <laughs> the shall the two never meet. It's, it's kind of, um, uh, yeah. Oh shoot. Yeah, I, I barely tolerate the dogs in the house, let alone <laughs> all the other things. So uh, fair <laughs> enough. Um, enjoy your time along the coast. And uh, yeah. <laughs> what are we here to talk about today? Where? Oh, yes. Retirement. Yeah. I kid. That was just a hard transition into like, hey, let's let's talk some retirement today. I know today we wanted to talk uh, not only kind of about retirement at a high level, we wanted to kind of dig in and um, really peel back what it really means to retire. Um, and I, I guess I'm going to start with a really boring definition because it's boring and this is not how we define it, but this is how, how the Oxford Dictionary defines retirement. And then we're going to blow it out of the water and we're going to talk about how retirement can look and how it can be fun and all that stuff. So the Oxford Dictionary defines retirement as the action of leaving one's job and ceasing to work. 
that doesn't sound very enjoyable. <laughs> no, like, okay. So that's it. Like I, I, I'm retired because I ceased to work. Um, that, that, that probably means there's a lot of people out there who are kind of like in their, their, um, like they would consider themselves retired, but you know, they're working or whatever. So uh, what they don't, it doesn't apply to them. Anyway, I say all that to say, this is a really stupid definition of retirement. So let's redefine retirement. Let's, mm -hmm. let's, how do we define it? How do you define it, Sarah? Mm. I define it that I'm working because I want to, not because I have to. So when I can get to a point where I am simply working because I absolutely want to and I um, love it, not because I have to. And I am still very much in the I have to work phase of my life. <laughs> yes. And so I love this definition. Um, I don't I don't remember exactly the first time it kind of got uttered, but it's like, yes, like this is the way to define retirement. I work because I want to, not because I have to. I have a friend of mine who is in this category and he's 44 years old. Mm. He is at a place that he works because he wants to. I mean, there might, he may feel like a smidge of, I have to, cause like I'm 44. What else would I do with myself if I wasn't going to work every day? But it's like, legit dude you could stop working and you have enough income coming in that it takes care of all of your responsibilities and so you're retired and i want everybody to kind of hear that and 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 adopt that definition of retirement you work because you want to not because you have to Yeah, I love that. And I love, you know, I also, I always encourage people to really kind of come up with their def definition, right? Or what do you think you want retirement to look like? Now, I get it. Life is going to throw us all kinds of crazy curves. And, you know, one could say, I'd like this, or I don't know what life's going to look like then, Sarah. Well, that's not what I'm really getting at. I don't want you to narrow it down, you know, like to the, the nitty gritty stuff. But I really want you to take time to visualize, take time to, to set out, you know, maybe you want to spend more time, maybe your kids live in different parts and you want to have maybe more of the freedom to travel to see them more often or to see your grandkids wherever they're at more often, right? Maybe you want to travel the world or travel the United States and you, you don't feel like you can because, you know, you, you're working nine to five or you're working a, you know, um, air quote, a traditional job right now. And so maybe retirement for you might be, you want to, to feel like you've got the freedom to be able to travel when the, the, the need strikes, right? Maybe you want to have some hobbies that you haven't been able to, to start yet. Right. And, and really, um, pursue some of those other interests. Um, really taking the time to think about, what would you like your retirement to look like? And I don't think that many people do. It's a really good point. How many people are kind of envisioning what those retirement years truly do look like? Um, so taking a moment and doing that, I think is important. And it allows you to dream. It allows you to dream big. And then you'll, you'll know what you're aiming for, right? Mm -hmm. So 
All right. If we're defining uh, retirement a little bit differently and uh, we're kind of hijacking the word and we're going to define it the way we want to, I know that out in the out in the world, there is some ages around retirement. So we think, oh, retirement is an age. And I just told you that my buddy who's 44 is technically retired. And I know another gentleman in his early 50s and he is retired. He works 100% because he wants to, not because he has to. Um, and so I want to visit some of these ages and, and some of these things, but I want to kind of do it in 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 a contextual manner. If you are somebody who is waiting on social security to kick in for you to be able to retire, then you are dependent. You are dependent on the government. And if you're dependent on the government for your retirement, then you have to play by their, their rules. So the social mm -hmm. security administration says that you would have to wait until you're 62 years old to draw any retirement, but that would be early retirement. So you're going to you're going to be penalized for that. And you're not going to get your full benefits. You can't get full benefits until you're 67. And then even after that, um, you can get an, a little bit of an increase if you wait a little bit longer. So if you're dependent on the government, you have to play by their rules. And those are their rules. You'll have to wait until you're at least 62. If you're somebody who is independent, financially independent on your retirement, this means maybe you have a 401k through work or you have an IRA or you have a Roth or maybe you have a combination of those things, but you have your own retirement accounts and you're independent. Well, then you can start to withdraw retirement funds at 59 and a half. But what we're really talking about today is being financially free. That I work because I want to, not because I have to. And you can be 44 or 52 or 25 or 78, and the number doesn't matter. So I just wanted to kind of break down the ages and kind of this idea of being dependent, independent, or free. And we're targeting free. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you brought up that, you know, retirement, it's not an age. It really is a number, right? And and I think that we're told so much out in the marketplace, right? That, that, oh, no, you can't retire or retirement age is. And, you know, I think we're trying to kind of dispel that a little bit because there's so many things that we can do to, to make sure that we can retire, number one, but we don't have to wait until retirement, right? That there are so many things, you know, that we can do um, to put into process. So maybe we want to retire earlier. Maybe we want to be able to comfortably go from full-time work to part-time work. Maybe it's not full retirement, but maybe we'd like to change our working conditions. Maybe we'd like to put things in place that maybe we'd like to start a business, right? And, and um, you know, maybe uh, uh, create a different type of income for ourselves and a different type of um, financial legacy. So there's so many things surrounding retirement that I think just are not talked about. You know, it's just put out there like, oh, 67 or, you know, 65 or 72, whatever it is. And I think it just gives people a false sense of what it really takes and what's really possible when it comes to retirement. 
Yeah, and I think that you brought up like two or three important points that I want to unpack. And that is, one, you said retirement is a number, not an age. You also said that if we focus on the age, I think there, there's something mystical we think that's going to happen. Like it still takes planning and it still takes work in order to enable yourself to retire at 62, 65, 72. So even if that's retirement age, I know plenty of clients that I've worked with that they would not be able to maintain their standard of living if they are relying solely on social security. So yes, maybe I can collect social security at 62, 65, or a little bit more in my seventies, but none of those milestones, those age milestones would ever be enough in financial benefit monthly to maintain my current lifestyle. So talk, talk a little bit about that. Like how much you said it, it's not an age, it's a number. So how does, how much does somebody need in order to retire? Hmm. Well, you know, that's, that's a relative question because it's, um, you know, based on everybody, you know, everybody as individuals, but you know, one thing that I start to look at and start to talk with about clients when we're looking at retirement, we start to look at, you know, what might be different versus, you know, our current standard of living versus maybe what we'd like in retirement. How, how might life look differently? How might our expenses change? You know, for many people, some of those expenses are, you know, like health insurance, you know, benefits, right? You might get those, right? You might be paying a certain amount through um, your place of employment now, but those might be out-of-pocket expenses, you know, when you leave that job. And so that oftentimes it's a really big monthly change um, in expenses. Um, maybe you, you are looking in retirement, you look to downsize, right? And so maybe some monthly expenses might go down versus increase, right? And so it's really, take, and that's why it's so important to look at what do I want retirement to kind of look like, right? To to have that idea to then say, you know what? Now I can um, start looking at maybe some differences in expenses and and what income do I need then to support those um, and that life that I want to create in retirement. And, you know, you know, there's a lot of calculators out there. Um, I know on the New Money Habits website, there's a retirement calculator as well, right? That, that people can go to and plug in some numbers to start getting an idea of what it might look like. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the easy and the short answer is it really does depend. And, you know, working with different clients that are on like that, like during that transition of maybe they're becoming empty nesters, right? So maybe they have, you know, a large home with a pool and all this stuff for when they had their family at home. And then it's like, we don't need all this space and we don't want to maintain the yard and the pool and all that. So we sell off that, we move into something that is smaller. It's more energy efficient that way. We don't have a yard to keep up. We certainly aren't running um, additional electricity to, to maintain a pool and, and that sort of thing. And so all of a sudden, even something like electricity, the monthly expense around electricity may be significantly different. So as your health insurance premiums might be going up because you go from, you know, employer sponsored to having to pay for that on your own, you have other expenses that are going down. And so it really does depend. But I am, I'm of the mindset that I think 
we all assume we need a million, 1.5, two million dollars in order to retire. And I think if people took a little bit more time to to answer questions like you were posing earlier about what do you want retirement to look like and and what do those years look like and where are you living and and are you traveling and what what do you want it to be? I think for a lot of us, we'd find we don't need nearly as much money as we think we need or we're being told we need. Uh, that's not to say you shouldn't uh, work diligently at building as big of a nest egg as you possibly can. But I think retirement is closer and, and within reach than most people realize. Mm, that's an interesting point uh, to make there. And I, I'm, I might have a question back for you, but do you think maybe that is partially due to we don't really know where our money is going, a lot of us, and and we it feels like we're living paycheck to paycheck and things are strapped right now. And so the thought of having enough money for retirement, do you think that that's what maybe stops some people, Nino, or makes them feel like they need these millions of dollars to retire? Yeah, I think, I think the hustle and the bustle of the day-to-day really uh, impedes people's ability to see the forest through the trees, right? So if, if you have, um, you know, let's say you have $100,000 coming in a year, but through mortgage and car payments and this and that and just consumer debt or whatever, you're spending almost all of it. And maybe you're, you're socking a little bit of, away for retirement. It feels like, well, if I can't make the bills now, with a hundred thousand dollar income, or I'm barely like, how do I maintain a hundred thousand dollar income in retirement? But I think that's the wrong way to look at things. What you mm-hmm. have to realize is if you're on a path towards actually paying off your home and you don't just continue to refinance it 30 years out, 30 years out, 30 years out, if you actually just kind of lock in and you know you're going to pay it off, like I know my mortgage is going to be paid off by the time I'm 55 years old. So, or sooner, but like, then by 55, I don't have a mortgage payment anymore. So I don't need as high of an income because my my monthly expenses will drop significantly. And it's the same thing with any other, like I still have some student loan debt I'm paying off and that will be gone. And so I think what we, what I encourage my clients to think about is how does the financial situation change in retirement because it shouldn't be the same. If it's the same 20 years from now, then I'm doing something wrong because I'm treading water and I haven't made any progress. Mm. Uh, so I think all of those things are contributing. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said there that I, I want to kind of pull out is in, you know, it's really about being aware, right? It's that awareness of what does life look like right now? And what steps are you taking to make changes, right? And so you're talking about, you know, right? You're fairly confident that your mortgage is going to be gone by the time you're 55, right? That's that's a level of awareness that I think maybe people don't have or they haven't taken the time to really sit down and think about. And so same with car payments or the credit cards or, you know, retirement accounts, you know, it's bringing in that, that level of awareness of how does this affect not only now, but in the future, right? And really being aware of that. And it's to nobody's, you know, I'm not blaming or, you know, putting 
shame out there in any way. But I think we just haven't, the, the literacy and the education, you know, hasn't been a huge part of us becoming adults and everything. And so these aren't things that are talked about very readily out in the, the marketplace. And so um, I love that we're bringing it up and talking about it to educate people on that awareness and, and why it's important to know your numbers and why it's important to look to the future too. And, and to really take time to dream about life. Um, I don't know about you, Nino, but so many people I talk to say retirement, I'm never going to be able to retire. I'm going to have to work until the day I die. Um, that's what I heard my parents say growing up. That's what I hear so many people say. And to that, I want to push back on that so darn hard and say, maybe that doesn't have to be the case. Maybe we can do something differently. Yeah. I, it pains me that I, I hear close loved ones tell me that, that that's where they think they are. And, um, you know, I'm having the same conversations with them that we're having today, which is you, you have to look at this differently it, because if you're not making any progress between now and you know, even 10 years from now, then what's happening? Like you know, what you, Sarah, you are very good about asking like the value questions, like what do you value? And if you value, um, some downtime and, and time to travel um, to visit kids and grandkids and you want to do these things. Well, then what's the trade-off right now? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and sometimes that's a hard conversation to have because, you know, there's this balance of, well, I can do some of those things now. And it, it may mean that I work for two more years, five more years, eight more years but I want to do those things now because tomorrow's not promised. And so you start to kind of balance this, like, all right, I get that. And so it goes back to, you know, what do you value? And then you don't have to make any, um, oh, you don't have to justify any of your decisions, mm -hmm. right? If you decide, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of those opportunities today because tomorrow's not promised. And if it means I have to work later, then it means I have to work later versus, you know, planning it out and saying, I'm trying to accomplish this now so that maybe I have an opportunity to do this later. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that so much. And I'm just going to say that I am here to say that you can have both ways. You can be planning for your future and contributing, and you can be living your life and doing some of the things that you want to do today. But it definitely is that balance of, um, then and I think there's always these, this give and take, you know, there's for my husband and I, I mean, do we go out and buy a lot of brand new clothes and do we go out to eat a lot and do we do those things? No, because for us, that doesn't have, that doesn't bring the value into our life as much as contributing to our future, right? Putting into our retirement accounts, our investment accounts and traveling, right? And so it's all about choices and knowing what it is that you really want. And, and, you know, and I'm just going to say, maybe this is harsh, but you can't have it all. You really have to choose and say, what is most important to me right now? Can that be important? You know, those flip flop tomorrow? Sure. Mm -hmm. Right. But knowing what is important to you and, and really, I think it comes down to, you know, the sooner you think about it, the better, right? The sooner you start thinking about what you want retirement to look like, the sooner you start um, 
getting some debt taken off, the sooner you start getting good with your monthly bunny plan, the easier things become, right? And you have time on your side. And I, I'm going to knock on wood because I, I don't, that's kind of one of those things, right? You know, we never know how long we're going to be here for, but the longer I have, I might live to be a hundred and I fully expect that I'm going to. And so I want time on my side for retirement. And so I'm going to, I want to use as much time as possible to put towards those accounts, right? If you're planning on not living around, you know, not living to be here for a long time, then that's your choice, you know, and that's what you choose. But for me, I'm definitely planning on being here for a long time. And so I want, you know, time to be on my side. So think about it sooner rather than later. Yep. Yeah. I, I think I've shared on a couple of uh, recent episodes, you know, um, I happen to uh, start a couple of uh, new clients who <clears throat> are in their mid twenties and they get it all right now. They, they're starting to understand it now. And, you know, when we talk about retirement, like for these two, um, it it's not, retirement's not 65. I, I mean, retirement for them might be 40, working mm -hmm. because they want to, not because they have to, because they're doing all the things right now that in the next 15 years, and that's the, that's the other part I really want to highlight here is again, I said earlier that maybe you don't need as much money as you think you need. If you, if you start to really think about like, what is my lifestyle and what do I want to be doing and all those different things. So maybe you don't need as much as you think you need, but in the meantime, if you're making a hundred and you can live off of 50 and you can sock about 50 away a year, then in 10 years, you have a half a million dollars. In 15, you have $750,000. I'm pretty sure that you can find ways to invest a half a million or $750,000 in a way that it will generate three to $5,000 worth of income a month. And three to $5,000 worth of income a month is above the poverty line a lot in, in the <laughs> United States. And so depending on how you manage what your expenses are, imagine having a $5,000 income and having little to no expenses. Uh, imagine if your expenses were like 2000 a month. Mm -hmm. So then if they were only 2000 a month, you obviously could live off of almost nothing. If you had three or five thousand dollars coming in, imagine. Let's stay with the five. You got five coming in, two going out. That's three thousand dollars surplus every single month. In three months' time, you'd have nine grand, which is an awesome trip. So you'd be taking awesome trips every three months mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. I, it, it's just not as far off as I think a lot mm -hmm. of people think it is. And I'm going to throw out there, I think, well, two thoughts I have on this, but one, I think that it feels so far off because people aren't sitting down and actually looking at it. You know, it's, it's a dream. It's this impossible thing, right? That because maybe they haven't had a whole lot of people in their families that have been able to comfortably retire, right? Maybe 
life has hit him pretty hard and, you know, kind of knocked him down a couple of times, right? And so the the focus is more on how am I getting myself back up versus, you know, what does my future look like? But it really isn't as far off as people think. The second point is, Nino, I love that you're working with um, younger people, you know, in their 20s. And this is not necessarily a bias, but I absolutely love working with people in their 20s too, because they, they view money so differently, I find. And dare I say they, they don't have all the, they don't have all the money biases that, that sometimes, you know, older generations have, you know, they, they haven't maybe necessarily developed a lot of the, the negative um, habits and the negative mindsets around money. And if they have, then we can work to turn it around because it hasn't been ingrained in them for so long. Right. And, and I think that, you know, the, the younger generations, they see the possibilities in life far greater than some of the older generations do. And that's just my experience. Um, and it's really fun to get to work with them. Um, because just the possibilities that come out. I also love when some of the older generations, when I have worked with people that have been in retirement age and after and have struggled and we've been able to get them, you know, debt free, right? To living a life of, is it what they maybe originally wanted? No, but it's a lot better because they don't have as much stress and they still have some more options, right? So it doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. You can make positive changes, right? To make retirement maybe more accessible, maybe feel like you're going to get there. Or if you're already there, it can be more enjoyable with some some different habits, right? And different behaviors and, and just doing things a little bit differently than you've always done in the past. That's right. Create those new money habits. Mm -hmm. So with that said, I want to invite people to go back to the website, um, click on the tools button. There are uh, great resources there to help you, including calculators that will help you to kind of figure out what you need to be doing, how you can do it. Um, also want to invite people to schedule a call with Sarah or myself and or um, Go to the show notes, uh, click on the link, schedule some time with uh, one or both of us and take take an important first step to, you know, making dreams become a reality because we'd love to sit down, talk to people about what their goals are, what they're trying to accomplish and help them to map out a path from where you are to where you want to be. Um, it's a tremendous joy for both of us to do that. So I uh, encourage you and invite you to do that. Um, you know, another great conversation as per the usual, Sarah. Um, I really like the fact that we uh, have kind of um, hijacked the word retirement and redefined it for, for our listeners so that they can be thinking about it in a different way. Um, and with that said, we're, we'll continue our conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.